Welcome to the Cashflow Chronicles. I'm your host, Johnny Catani, and the founder of Catani Capital Group. For the last two years, I've been studying alternative assets and now help solve the problem of creating passive cash flow for creators, influencers, and busy professionals by bringing you five episodes a week of easy to understand education in the world of passive investing. What's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of the Cashflow Chronicles. I'm your host, Johnny Catani. I hope everybody is having a great week. Lots of exciting things starting to happen. Got some awesome shows coming up for you guys. Some excellent, excellent interviews I've been doing this month. Excited to roll those out next month. Finally have got my system dialed to where I record about four a month, four to six a month and then have them ready for the next month. So there's not too much lag. Only took me a year and a half to get that dialed down, but we got it. So we're excited about that. Obviously, you guys, if you're a new listener, step one, thecashflowchronicles.com. It's thecashflowchronicles.com. Exact same name as as the podcast. That list, that is how you join my list. That's one way to join my list. Also, I'm rolling out, if you're a new investor, a five-part video series to your first passive investment. Now, I apologize. I know I've been teasing that for pretty much the whole year. I'm sorry it's so delayed. Uh, this oil and gas race is just pretty much taking all my time. But now that the webinar is out, I'm mostly just been... On investor calls and emails and whatnot, just um, helping to educate people. It's a new asset pretty much to everyone that I've talked to, uh, aside from those who I had reviewed, of course, but pretty much everyone that I, all of my investors and in, in my investor network, it's brand new. So it's taken some time, I understand, to get people comfortable with it. But, you know, I wholeheartedly uh, believe in the asset after doing all the research, especially, like I said, talking to those uh, independent consultants. So uh, very, very excited about that. But the video series will be out soon. So thecashflowchronicles.com for that. And of course, you can follow me on social media, all social media at Johnny Katani. I'm most active on uh, LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram. So there you have it. Awesome. Well, we're cruising right along uh, with the year. Obviously, the big anticipated meeting coming up next week for the Fed. Still unclear what's going to happen. Most likely, if I was a betting man, which I mean, I guess you could make. I don't gamble. Well, that's not true. I'm going to Vegas this weekend for a concert with some family, and I'll probably hit the craps table. I do enjoy craps. Uh, if you guys like casino games, I imagine it's a pretty sophisticated game, a lot of moving parts, and it's very intimidating to people, but I promise it's a lot of fun once you learn it. And especially when you get on a roll, whether someone else is rolling or you're rolling, it is so much fun. And, you know, everybody's making money. It's just such a great time. So anyway, uh, the, obviously, the the Fed announcement on interest rate, I it does feel like another twenty five uh, point basis basis point hike is coming, and they've teased the possibility of two more, so this and one more, so another fifty total basis points for the year. But we shall see. 
the nice thing is that it did feel like things weren't slowing down as quickly as possible, but the last few data points, uh, the jobs and the CPI and jobs report and the CPI and everything has actually started to slow significantly and pointing to, you know, a real reduction in spending, consumer spending. So it does look like we are getting to that point where things are slowing down. So we'll see. I believe another, at least one more is coming. I don't believe that two is necessary. From the research I've been doing, the tightening of the policy really only lasts for about 12 to 18 months. So you figure they started raising rates in March of 22. We're right at that 15-month, 16-month mark, right? So we're right at the end of when the tightening of the policy is really, the effects continue to last. So basically what I mean by that is essentially, you know, no other, uh, meaning that the rate hikes kind of lose their ability to tighten policy and, and you go back through history and, you know, it's at 12 to 18 months and we're right up against that. Meaning that it's it's no longer going to do anything or have an effect, and you know it could do uh, more harm than good. So certainly something to keep an eye on. You know I'll keep an eye on it obviously here, but moving forward, uh, what I want to chat about today just shortly. I had a really awesome conversation today for an episode, which I'm very excited to. Uh, to roll out for you guys uh, next month. Not going to say who it is, but. We talked about, you know, identifying your goals and for investing, right? And I've talked about this before, how to understand your risk tolerance and come up with your investment thesis, but I haven't really talked about your goals. And, and I just want to talk briefly about it, and maybe I'll start a series for developing goals and understanding, you know, what investments are going to make are going to fit you the best, right? And in a lot of my series and and the conversations that I have, I obviously, I wouldn't say push, but I obviously do everything from the lens that all of you are passive investors, right? Or or want want to be passive investors and want to keep doing what you're doing actively. But I haven't really talked about what it looks like to get onto the active side. Now, a lot of that is due to the fact that I am not currently on the active side. All of my investments are passive. And so obviously it's easier for me to speak to that. However, one of my goals is to get to the active side, right? And my goal to do that is the the slow way, right? Buying your four, six, eight unit you know, duplex and slowly working my way up to the, you know, bigger acquisitions, right? Your 40, 50 plus unit acquisitions. So the reason I want to bring this up is because, and I've also talked about how my goal is to go down to Arizona and buy at least one short-term rental, which will end up most likely being more. But the point is, is it's not always, you know, the alignment for your goals does not always align with making the passive investment, right? 
some of the tax incentives that are available, you know, on the active side are more suitable for what you're trying to accomplish, right? If you think about being a high income W-2 earner aside from, you know, opportunities like this oil and gas deal, but let's say you're not accredited, right? I mean, if you're a high income earner, then then you're accredited, right? Because it's only that 200K mark, 300K if you're filing jointly. In terms of income, a million if, you know, and or a million dollars in a liquid net worth. So basically what I'm getting at is, you know, let's say for instance, you're a high income W-2 earner and you went and bought a short-term rental actively, right? Well, if you manage that yourself and you, you know, are actively managing, essentially what I'm saying is, from what I understand correctly with short-term rentals, particularly, is if you go buy a short-term rental and you get to the point of being a real estate professional, which I believe is 500 hours a year, so essentially you're the only one managing that is really what, what it would have to come down to, right? So you're the one managing it. And if I understand correctly, if I'm wrong here, I apologize, but I believe through my research this is what I found. If the average stay is seven nights or less, right? So it's, it's a true short-term rental, then that can now count as active income, which means by being the sole manager of it, you can now take all the deductions from that away from your active income, meaning all of the income that comes from the short-term rental as well as W-2 income. Now, the biggest way to do that is to do a cost segregation study and to depreciate it as an asset, right? And, and take bonus depreciation. So the reason I say all this now, I'm not a CPA, I'm not a tax advisor or uh, a, an attorney. So I would like to say, of course, disclaimer, you know, consult your CPAs and your tax advisors to get this correctly. This is just what I've learned in my research and I'm simply trying to educate. But I say all this to say that it might not be the best option for you to be a passive investor right now. It might be in your best interest to go and get on the active side in order to get the deductions from your active W-2 income. So what that conversation looks like is it looks like understanding what your goals are. And I say all this to say, reach out to me. I am happy to talk through this with you. I've been in this business now for, you know, almost three years, year and a half on my own and have had hundreds of hours of conversations with both sides of the coin, every side up, down, left, right of the coin. And I can help you understand what the best opportunity could be for you. For instance, had a conversation with someone and the best option. Now, this was not me coaching them. This was them talking to their coach. But the best option for them is they wanted to go out and buy a an investment property. But by talking to their coach and understanding what their goals are and their financial situation, the best option was they actually went out and bought a new uh, residence, a new 
a new home for them to live in and keeping their current resident and turning their current residence into an investment property. Well, why does that make sense? Well, think about it. If you go out, so you keep your current home and you go buy another, so you've lived in it for two years, well, at least one year, it actually only takes one year uh, in order to go out and get another conventional loan in terms of owner-occupied conventional loans, right? You can go buy a fourplex rental home with conventional financing, but you'll have to put the 25% down as an investment property. However, if you go and you buy it as an owner-occupy, you then have the opportunity to use loans like FHA if you've never used one before. And some of these other loan types, it may only require you to put three or 5% down, right? And then you go and you live in it. But if you own your home now, boom, you turn that into a rental property. It's cash flowing. You've just increased your net worth by, you know, essentially however much equity you have in that, that house. Because now all of a sudden that's not your primary residence, which we all know when it comes to your net worth, your uh, primary residence does not count towards your net worth. However, if you go buy a new primary residence and you know, you've lived in this one for 20 years and you have, you know, $250,000 in equity, boom, you now have $250,000 towards your net worth, right? And, you know, or maybe you go and you cash out refi or you use it for a HELOC and go buy another one, right? There's all these opportunities that you have available that don't require you to be a passive investor and, and may not make sense for you to be a passive investor. So I say all that to say that it's important to understand what your goals are and what your long-term plan is, and then to build a plan around that and then execute that plan accordingly. Now, obviously interest rates are where they're at. Obviously talked about that, that they're most likely going up, but that doesn't mean you can't refinance in two years down to a lower interest rate. I do believe in two years that interest rates will be down close to the four and a half to five and five and a half percent mark. And they're not much higher now, but they're going to go up. And so I believe they'll come down another, you know, honestly, 100 to 125 basis points over the next two years, if not lower. I don't think they'll go much lower. Right. I think we need to get used to that five, maybe four, seven, four point seven five to five and a half mark, I think will end up being the new norm. And ultimately what happens when the new norm, when we get a new norm is we get accustomed to that and the market adjusts accordingly. And then you, therefore, it feels comfortable to go out and buy investment properties and buy homes and buy real estate with interest rates where they're at because you're able to plan accordingly. So. Anyway, that's what I want to discuss today. Hopefully this helps you guys get close to your goals, understand what your goals are. Again, they don't have to be like my goals. They don't have to be all around being passive investors. So anyways, thank you guys as always so much for listening. I always appreciate it. If you enjoyed today, if you enjoyed today's episode, please like it, share it, rate, review, all of the great things that you're able to do. And I will talk to you guys on Friday. See ya. Thank you again for tuning in. Who do you know that wants more cash flow? Share this episode with them so you can grow your cash flow together. If you enjoyed the show, make sure you're subscribed on your platform of choice so you never miss a new episode. Go to katanicapitalgroup.com to learn more.